Hey everyone, I'm Steve and this is 1Q and today we're going to be looking at a little bit of um, controversy around Homo Naledi. We've been finding a, a lot of questions about this, a lot of um, explosive stuff on Facebook and other social media. So we're just going to take a few minutes to look at uh, what is this Homo Naledi and what is the significance of the find. So there's some uh, really weird reactions to the Homo Naledi find out there. I'm just going to read you one of them that we found on Facebook. It goes a little something like this. If there's anyone who contests evolution and believes that a magic man in the sky made the world in seven days, kill yourself. The earth is not 6,000 years old. There was no ark. There was no burning bush. Feel the radiant glow of Homo Naledi. Well, points for creativity and enthusiasm to the person who wrote that post. So what are the basic facts about this Homo Naledi? So here I'm just going to give a quick rundown of some of the basic facts about Homo naledi fossil finds and why in the scientific community specifically it has received a fair amount of attention and then I'll highlight a few philosophical presuppositions and assumptions about the find. So here's some info directly from the Homo naledi scientific article. Firstly, Homo naledi is a previously unknown hominin discovered in the Dinaledi chamber in the cradle of humankind. These fossils were first recognized in October of 2013. These unearthed fossils were from at least 15 individuals and include multiple examples of almost all the bones that make up a full skeleton. And, in short, the fossil dimensions were all then measured and compared to other existing fossils and computer modeling was carried out on them. And based on all of this, they were classified as a new species. So why all of the hype? The hominin lady fossils are the largest collection of a single species of hominin that has ever been discovered in Africa so far. So that's pretty big. And then secondly, uh, the similarities of Homo naledi to earlier dated members of the Homo genus suggest that this species may be rooted within the initial origin and diversification of our genus. So what are some of the assumptions around this find? The biggest assumption that I've come across through reading articles on the web and other social media is that Homo naledi is this majestic missing link that fills some void and proves that all of evolutionary theory is correct and resolved. And this couldn't be further from the truth. Here's another quote from the author of the Homo naledi article who led the whole discovery. The tree of Homo-like hominins is far from complete. We have missed key transitional forms and lineages that persisted for hundreds of thousands of years. With an increasing pace of discovery from the field and the laboratory, more light will be thrown on the origin of humans. That quote alone silences the ill-researched assumption that there is some missing link that can now be triumphed. So I think the big question is, how do I respond as a Christian to this? Or how do we respond as Christians, rather? Simply stated, regardless of your views on the theory of evolution, the objective fact is that there are a bunch of different fossil collections discovered over the last however many years by different people in different places, and these can be set side by side and compared to one another, as well as dated through reliable scientific means to give what seems like a reasonable chronological placement of these fossils, recognizing that there are indeed gaps. That said, we need to remember that all revealed truth is God's truth revealed to us. Yet we look at it carrying the baggage of being limited in our understanding. We are finite beings trying to make sense of the world around us. But we do that through a subjective lens. That is, 
We bring our own ideas and our own experiences with us, and often we come to skewed conclusions about the objective truth of things. So the Christian response comes then to the sensationalist idea that because of a few more fossils that were unearthed, now God does not exist. So a reminder quickly. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to be ready to give a response or a defense for the hope that is within us, but to do so with kindness. So our first response then, or our first defense, is to ask the objector, well, why do you think that? The response will inevitably be something like, well, because your Bible says stuff about days of creation and Adam and Eve and all that, doesn't it? Now here you can highlight that they have taken the argument to one of biblical hermeneutics or interpretation, which in this case says nothing about the existence of a timeless, spaceless, immaterial, or powerful personal cause of the universe. So let's do those objectors a favor. The better representation of the argument in proper form would probably look something like this. If evolution is true, God does not exist. That's premise one. Evolution is true. That's premise two. Therefore, God does not exist. That's premise three. Now, all too often, people go out of their way to try and disprove premise two about evolution being true. But that's really not necessary. We need to focus on premise one because it is logically fallacious. It commits a logical crime of assuming what you are setting out to prove. This is called begging the question in technical terms. They are assuming that if evolution is true, that God then does not exist. And therefore, although the logical flow of the argument is valid, it just isn't true. The conclusion simply does not follow. There is just no evidence to support this proposition. In light of this, you can then point them to several other lines of evidence for the Christian faith being true as well as reliable. Things such as the cosmological argument for the beginning of the universe. There had to be a cause for all of this. The intelligent design within nature that we see. The innate sense of divine longing within us. The argument that objective moral values only exist if God exists. Reliability of the biblical manuscripts, as well as the resurrection of Jesus, which is very reasonable to assert in light of all of the lines of argument for it. And that Christianity convincingly and meaningfully satisfies the big questions of origin, morality, meaning, and destiny in a way that corresponds to reality in a coherent way. So that's that for this little installment of 1Q on Homeowner Lady. I hope it's been helpful. If you have any comments or any questions, feel free to just drop them right in the comments section. 